Hi, Mark. As a young single man, which Mark is, he does have a cat, and I think he would appreciate once in a while just asking how his cat is. And um, just as a friend of friends, he would appreciate that. Dave the cat. Uh, did you just put on your Cubs World Series ring? I, have, I seriously have not put this on for like two years, and it feels good. Cleveland, what a it's Mark Grody on 670 The Score. I like it. Oh, man, this is this is great. That open, I have a full pot of strong coffee. I'm not going to lie to you, actually. I'm on my second pot, so cup one of pot two. My cup is filled. So cheers to you on a Sunday morning. Let us all sip from our coffee mugs. Mmm. That little jolt you get on the first sip. Ah, there is something about it. And I am here to talk Chicago sports with you for the next three hours. Welcome in. I'm Mark Grody, along with my executive producer and presumably the man who put together that wonderful opening, Brandon Fryer. Happy Valentine's Day. All of that good stuff, despite the cold and the pandemic, date night was was not taken away last night by any means. It was it was busy in downtown Chicago yesterday. I don't know if you live in the city, if you were in the city. It looked like you were because I took a pretty decent walk to a, a grocery store that I wanted to go to yesterday. And the street, like, there was, like, a lot of honking going on. It was like a regular city day, as if it was, like, 65 degrees in downtown Chicago, and you had the suburbanites visiting the city like they do. And um, it actually felt wonderful. So I don't know if that was because of Valentine's Day and date night and everybody scurrying to get cards and flowers and gather food maybe for home, or maybe you had reservations last night. Um, but it was cool. And yeah, we are looking for any moment, any day, any second for some semblance of normalcy. And it kind of, kind of felt like that despite the frigid temperatures. Um, and it, as I look outside of my downtown window right now, and I, I see the lake, I see, I just see like that cold smoke blowing over the lake right now. And the lake is a, a frosty, gorgeous, glazed white with bits of blue patches in there. Don't walk on that ice. I've seen people out there walking on that ice. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's probably safe. But if if it's not, if something goes wrong, you're in a lot of trouble. And, and we're not talking about when it's, when it's cute and it's the polar plunge. We're talking about cold death. So, yeah, be careful. Folks, folks, look at me. Let's be careful out there. On the show today, we got a lot. We have a lot today. Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times will join me at 10 o'clock to talk about the Chicago Bears, and there will be lots of Bears talk right up front here. 11.30, he is back by popular demand. I said, you know, maybe we need one more guest. We're just going to call it Grobber Transition at 11.30. Les and I had, well, for years, intermittently, he and I have done some form of at some time of the morning transition. And we had recently been doing it for many days in a row at 4.45 in the morning. We have stopped doing that. So I called last yesterday and I said, yeah, yeah, what time? What time you need me? So right away he was like, let's do it. And Les wanted to keep talking yesterday on the phone. I said, Les, save it for transition. This is good stuff. So Les Grobstein, 
who I've been told was out and about for Valentine's Day last night with his lovely girlfriend, Kathy. So we'll hear about Grobber's Valentine's Day. We'll find out what he thinks about Jake Arrieta because he had a he had a mouthful for me as it pertains to the Cubs and Jake Arrieta and what's going on with the Cubs. So hopefully we'll get into some hot sports talk with Les Grobstein a little bit later on as well. I have figured out exactly what the Cubs are. I will share that with you a little bit later on. Interesting strategy by the Blackhawks in their overtime win over Columbus last night. Strategy that maybe you didn't even notice that I will talk to you about. Yeah, I watched the Blackhawks game last night. A Wrigley Field concert that I hope I can attend. I don't know if there will be any concerts this summer at Wrigley Field, but I certainly hope I can attend that. It's all coming up. And you are welcome, and I am solo today. It's me and it's Brandon Fryer. So feel free, feel comfortable in joining the show, 312-644-6767 if you are moved to do so. If you could break yourself away from your cup of coffee, come on in. 312-644-6767. That is the number to call me if you'd like. It's also the number to text me. So you can dial it in. You can text me. You can call me. However you want to communicate with me this morning, that's great. I'm on social media as well, specifically Twitter. That's the best way to interact with the show. In terms of social media, I want your calls, but social media-wise, Twitter is the way to go. At Mark Grody Sports, spelled G-R-O-T-E, just like my great uncle Jerry Grody, the former catcher for the New York Mets. So get into uh, get me there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. I'm not a great sports follow on either. I just post pictures like everybody else does on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram. We can hang out there and uh, do whatever. All right. So let's get into the Bears, man, and and their quarterback and what is going to happen. Here's the latest on what's happening with Carson Wentz. First of all, the Eagles really thought they were going to get a good old-fashioned bidding war out of this. They thought that if they let the name Carson Wentz out, be, considering his pedigree, where he was drafted, some of his resume, 2017, what he did, that there would be multiple teams wanting him. And even if it came down to two teams, like, say, the Indianapolis Colts and the Chicago Bears, there would be a bidding war, and these two teams would duke it out, and maybe one team would be dumb and give up a lot of stuff. Oh, man, were they wrong. So the Eagles from day one of this thing, have overestimated. They have screwed up on this, mostly because they have allowed it to get out that, well, Carson that Carson Wentz wants out, that somehow Carson Wentz all of a sudden is the most horrible human being in the world, and that it, it is just so out there that he wants out, to the point where if I had to actually make a prediction at this point, Carson Wentz is going to be stuck with the Eagles for another year. But bottom line is they were dead wrong about any potential bidding war. It's just not happening. Um, according to multiple reports now, and I've made some calls too to confirm these kinds of things, and it's not that hard to confirm that no team, no team, and that includes your Chicago Bears, no team is offering the Philadelphia Eagles a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. It's not, it's not happening. And it shouldn't be happening. You know I'm pro Carson Wentz, and I'll get into more of that in a second. I like the idea of Carson Wentz coming to the Bears, but not for a first-round pick. No. Ron Jaworski, the former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, media man, said that the Colts, here's an offer, ready? The Indianapolis Colts have offered a pair of second-round picks with the possibility of an additional third or fourth round selection down the road. Um, 
And it does feel like, it has felt like, the Indianapolis Colts have been a little bit more front of the line in terms of the talks for Carson Wentz over the Bears. It has felt that way. And maybe the Bears have just done a better job of being more secretive about it because, as we all know, that's the name of the game in the NFL. But it does feel like because maybe the Colts are a little bit more complete team, a little bit more knowing the direction that they are going, that they can afford to, and I put that in air quotes, afford to get to the front of the line on the Carson Wentz talks because they may truly be a quarterback away from competing for a Super Bowl. Um, So it appears that the Colts are in the front of the line. However, now Dave Wanstead, who appears on the Mully and Haw show on the score once a week, he's on with the all-new, I always have to think about it now, Perkins and Spiegel show. He's on with those guys once a week. And I was listening to Wani with Danny and Matt the other day. And Wani has a lot of fun, but Wani got some secret or some, I should say secret. He's got some sneaky sources and and in a sneaky way amidst all the, the jocularity the other day, he said something I thought was kind of interesting in regards to Carson Wentz. Take a listen to Dave Wanstead right here on The Score. Who is going to be the week one starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears? Tough I want one. one name. Carson Wentz. Wow, you think it's going to happen, huh, Coach? Feeling I do. It? I do. I've talked to some people in Philly, and they are adamant about moving him. He's adamant about moving. Uh it sounds like he would like to go to the Colts, but the Colts are not going to budge on what they are willing to give up. So I think it's I, – I would expect it to happen for the Bears this week. I really would. This week. This week. That's the part. That's the part. Dave Wanstead uh, predicting, predicting that the Bears will acquire Carson Wentz. This week, that is, that's interesting. That's one man, but that's a guy like Dave Wanstead, who knows everybody, who knows everybody. Like if Dave Wanstead wanted to be, he could break more stories in this city and probably a lot of cities than anybody else because he talks to everybody. Everybody likes him. Like every coach everywhere seems to respect and like Dave Wanstead. He is connected. So Dave could be wrong. It, it's possible that they, that Carson Wentz does not come to the Bears this week, but that's a pretty credible voice making a very interesting prediction. So here's the dealio with the Bears, because I, I have felt the, the pushback from most people on Carson Wentz. I would say that more people, I'd say it's about 70-30 against Carson Wentz. That's just what I felt on social media, on the text lines here at the score, listening to the score. Um reading about Carson Wentz. It doesn't seem like Bears fans are overly enthused about the possibility of Carson Wentz. Here's the thing. You are not going to land. That is the Bears. You're not going to land a star quarterback. There is no star quarterback that is going to be available except for Deshaun Watson. And you know you're not going to get Deshaun Watson. You just don't have the assets to get Deshaun Watson unless there's something that I that I can't even calculate. That's not going to happen. You're not going to get... The biggest name that is going to be possible to you in terms of upside is Carson Wentz. 
it's is not going to be Dak Prescott. And, you know, that that would be a pretty good get, too, I think. But Cowboys are going to probably try to get a deal done with him. If they don't, the Cowboys be dumb not to give him $37.7 million and the franchise tag this year. So that's not going to happen. You're, you're probably not even going to have a chance at Jameis Winston, quite frankly. I don't know that you would want him anyway, but I think that Sean Payton likes him. I think he's going to be with the Saints. The Ryan Fitzpatrick thing almost feels like a punchline at this point because he's 38 years old and has started for eight different teams and you know, he's Fitz Magic and all of that kind of stuff. Like, that's a good guy to have on your team, but not as the undisputed first-round starter. And I've done this already a couple of times in recent times that I've hosted, but the the list of free agent names, and maybe I'll spare you and not go through all the names again, there's just, there's just not a lot of guys out there. I mean, I'm, I'm actually glancing out of my peripheral vision at the list. So, like, names like Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco. Um, yeah, there's really nothing else that pops off the page as if those do either. Jacoby Brissett is out there. Hey, Mitch Trubisky lands on that list as well. So Carson Wentz ha- has had his issues, but I don't think that you have a a better name or a better scenario than that. The only other guy right now that maybe makes sense is is Nick Foles, believe it or not, because I don't think he's as bad as he showed at the end of, or when he quarterbacked this year. And it was bad. There, there's no doubt about it. But I want to ask you too. I want to ask you guys and gals, what is your best case scenario or who is, if you have a name, if you have a name for your starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears this season? Maybe you do think Nick Foles. Maybe you agree with me on Carson Wentz. Maybe there is a name. All right, I'll go through the names here in a second. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. You can talk to Brandon Fryer. He will he will let you on the air. So here we go. I, I will give you the names that are available in free agency. We already talked about Dak Prescott and J- Jacoby Brissett and Jameis Winston. And then you have Tyrod Taylor, A.J. McCarron, Andy Dalton, Colt McCoy, Robert Griffin, Matt Barkley, Nate Sudfeld, Cam Newton, Joe Flacco, Ryan Griffin, Mike Glennon, Geno Smith, Blaine Gabbert, Brian Hoyer, Blake Bortles, C.J. Beathard, Sean Minion, Brandon Allen, Nick Mullins, Jake Rudock, Kyle Allen, Tim Boyle, Joe Webb. And a lot of you guys are going, what, who, huh, who, 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 oh, I know that guy. Oh, that guy still plays? Oh, really, him? Oh, Geno Smith, what? So there's your list of guys. So if you'd like to pick from one of those side dishes, feel free, but it just, I I don't know that you'd be able to sell me on any of those names. So maybe I am speaking in relative terms here right now in terms of Carson Wentz, but I do think that there is the possibility that he can be reclaimed as a good quarterback. 312-644-6767. All right, I also want you to hear, here is some good objective analysis on three different guys. And one name that I didn't mention, I didn't mention all the trade guys, potential trade guys like Derek Carr and Sam Darnold. We're going to hear about Sam Darnold here in a second. But Sam Monson, he of Pro Football Focus, was on the Bernstein and Rahimi show the other day. Let's hear what he had to say, his breakdown of Carson Wentz. Here's Sam. There's a big question about what exactly Carson Wentz is right now. And I think that's really the key to all of this is he's not the guy from 2020. I don't think that represents a fair 
baseline for what you could expect Carson Wentz to be in a new environment or even in Philadelphia in 2021 and beyond. He This was a disaster season. He graded about the same as Mitchell Trubisky this year, which is to say a quarterback that nobody wants starting for them. Um, he was bad. But he neither is he the 2017 MVP candidate that a lot of people will think of as a ceiling. I don't think that's a fair reflection of him either. It's not that he didn't play at that level, but it's that that season was built on this foundation of just completely unsustainable and crazy play on the the things that just don't repeat. You know, incredible play under pressure, incredible play on third and long every time it came up. These are things that just they're not sustainable. Quarterbacks are not able to consistently do that week in, week out. Sometimes you go on a run where you do extremely well under pressure or on third and long and make all those crazy plays. And that's how you end up getting propelled into having one of those MVP caliber seasons, but you can't bank on it happening again. So you have to start looking at Wentz as the guy from the other seasons. So 2018, 2019, and that guy is, you know, he's good. He's not great. He's not terrible. And he's signed to a monster contract extension that hasn't kicked in yet. So, you know, basically the question is, do you want to trade what is probably going to be significant uh, draft capital for a good, not great quarterback who's being paid like a great quarterback to which the answer is probably no. Right. All right, Sam Munson, Pro Football Focus, and we'll hear more from him here in in just a second. So what I heard, like, to summarize what he said, the two most important parts of that, I mean, that was a very measured response. He is not what he was last year in 2020 when he had 12 starts, and he was horrible. He had 16 touchdowns and 15 interceptions, a completion percentage of 57.4. We all know that that's not good, and he was one of the worst. So Monson saying he, he was not that guy, He nor is he the guy necessarily who was the most valuable player candidate in 2017 until he got injured. 13 games that year, 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. 78.5 was his QBR that year. So there is, we know there is good in Carson Wentz and there can be bad in Carson Wentz. And you hope that you can get somewhere in the middle because that would be a competent and good starting quarterback going forward. Because again, whoever, whomever is quarterback in the Bears this year is not going to be a superstar. That, that is that is plain and simple. So you have to look at it in realistic terms. Um, from the 262, I think that Sam Darnold might be a better fit for Chicago than Wentz. He might do better if he is out of the very glaring media eyes of New York. Well, guess what? Our, our eyes here in Chicago, they're pretty glaring as well. <laughs> a little thing here. I was told that because there is there are two teams in New York that the Chicago Bears locker room when at maximum media um, is is the biggest in all of the NFL. I've had players that have played for several teams say that that there is no big bigger mass of of media than that of Chicago. So I don't know that that's necessarily a good argument, but I'm glad that you thanks for the bringing up Sam Darnold though 262. I do appreciate it. Because he's the next guy. Because I was curious about him. We've had people say, you know, maybe Sam Darnold. Here's another guy highly placed in the first round who 
just seemed like he was part of the wreckage that was the Jets. And you don't really, because I don't really know. I don't really know how good Sam Darnold is, quite frankly. I liked him coming out of college as well. Let's hear what Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus thinks about Sam Darnold. Darnold is intriguing, um, but again, it's a huge risk. Uh, Darnold has certainly every single um, every single week you see plays from Sam Darnold where he looks like he's an elite quarterback. He makes some spectacular plays, um, and, and his highlight reel is as good as any quarterback in the NFL, but the bad is there as well, and he's in a tough spot because the situation around him has been bad. The offensive line hasn't been great for the most part. The receiving core is bad. The offense has been ugly. Um, But at this point, he's a guy that I don't think you can trust being a starter going forward. I think he's an intriguing reclamation project for somebody and a guy to sit on your bench and see if you can develop, given how young he is. But if he's your answer as a starting quarterback in 2021, I think the wheels have completely fallen off. Yeah, that's Sam Monson on Sam Darnold. And that's kind of what I thought. You don't know. He, he's a he's a coin flip. Unfortunately for the Bears, they're not in a position to be able to afford to do something like that. Like, I love a guy like that on the team. You know what I mean? Like somebody you could put as your second string, maybe even compete for a first string job in different circumstances. But the Bears are not in that spot. They have put themselves in a position where whatever they get, it has to be somebody that they, that they know has some form of competency. We don't know that about Sam Darnold as of yet. All right, I have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear one more cut from Sam Monson, and that regards Mitchell Trubisky. Also, I've been told by my producer today, Brandon Fryer, that you are calling. So we will get to your calls as well. And if you want to jump in, there are a couple lines still open. 312-644-6767 is the number for text or to call. And you can tweet me, too. I'm going to check all that right now at Mark Grody Sports. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. It's hard to sell a quarterback that if you look at some metrics, doesn't rank in the top 32 quarterbacks in the league. It, it's a hard thing to sell to your fan base. Um, you know, John D. Filippo in Chicago has coached Carson Wentz. He coached him hard. He had success with him. Uh, you know, maybe that's the, the calling card in Chicago right now, the, the, you know, the offensive coordinator. But at the same time, um, you know, the Eagles right now have to part ways. I don't think they can make this marriage work after all of, you know, just the splintering that has gone on for the last two months between Carson Wentz and the organization. And so they have to kind of do it. And so if the Bears want to do it, I I think they have the upper hand on this deal. The Eagles, I think they're they're ready to just unload them and just save as much face as they can with whatever they can get. (laughs) I don't know. That's certainly not what the Eagles had had in mind, but they may have backed themselves into that corner and – We'll see what the Eagles do. That was Brian Baldinger on the Mully and Haw show here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. I'm Mark Grody with you until noon today. We'll have Mark Potash from the Chicago Sun-Times coming up at 10 o'clock to talk more Bears and get his opinions on whom the Bears quarterback should be coming up in the year 2021. I would think that the Philadelphia Eagles would be better off in keeping Carson Wentz for another year than to just give him up for nothing. I mean, that is a huge loss. If they were to do that, I think it would be a flop and a mistake and not worth their time. And the latest is, is that the Indianapolis Colts are a team that is is offering at least their 
offer has been reported via sources, and one of those guys is Ron Jaworski, that it would be the highest price would be two second rounders from the Indianapolis Colts, and they're the team that is obviously letting some of this information out. There hasn't been a lot of information from the Bears side. Who knows what, what they're saying and what's coming out, but right now it seems like, it feels like the Colts are a little bit ahead of the Bears in terms of being serious about Carson Wentz. However, all of that could change this week. 312644-6767. Also going to hear a little bit more from Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus on, on Mitch Trubisky, but I promised that we would take some phone calls, so let's do that. We'll start with Victor in Justice. Hi, Victor. You're on the score. Good morning. Hey, good morning, man. Um, about the Bears quarterback situation, <clears throat> I think that if the Bears bring Carson Wentz in here, then I'll be on board with everybody else saying you need to fire Ryan Pace, you need to fire Matt Nagy. The Bears don't need to bring anybody else's problems to Chicago. <laughs> um, look at Green Bay. And you look at their stadium all around the top of the stadium, there's all these great quarterbacks that they drafted and developed. Mitchell Trubisky is not going to be a franchise quarterback, but I'll tell you what he can be, a hell of a backup, a bridge quarterback for Chicago. What the Bears need to do is they need to get focused on the draft. Go out and get me Mac Jones. There's only one quarterback on the free agent market that's worth bringing here, and that's Deshaun Watson. Again, everybody knows the Bears can't afford Deshaun Watson. The Cowboys are not going to give up Dak Prescott. So what do you have? you got a bunch of broken players that you think you can fix, which is going to have all us out next year with the torches and the pitchforks calling for the head coach and the general manager. Victor, thank you very much for the call. It You got me thinking about something here. And I, and I would prefer that the Bears go and get Carson Wentz because Victor is right. There is one star quarterback who we think is available in Deshaun Watson, and that's it. That's it. The rest of the guys are average to good. So you got to get somebody. But you got me wondering if Bears fans, with the way it feels right now, the anti-Carson Wentz sediment. I would say that Victor speaks for more people than I do this morning. If you're a Bears fan, would you have a problem going into the season if the Bears were to say, Nick Foles is going to be our quarterback and we are going to draft our next starting quarterback in the first round with the 20th overall pick? And we're going to kind of, in a way concede the quarterback position in the name of hopefully getting it right. Would you trust that? Would you accept that? Would you want that? Because the reason that I would say no to that at this point is because, believe it or not, because of the Bears' defense, and we'll get into the defense in a little bit because there's no guarantees with the defense right now, but I think that the defense is still good enough to get to be complementary or to be the force behind a team that is in the postseason and maybe maybe able to win a game in the postseason and my god my god um, get into a, a Super Bowl. 
I, I don't know if that's possible, but because of the defense, in other words, your window is still open a little bit if you're the Bears. This is not like a horrible team. They've been 8-8 eight and eight the last couple of years after an excellent season in 2018 until it wasn't an excellent season. So your window is still open. You're in no man's land a little bit with 8-8, eight and eight, so you can't say rebuild, break it down, concede a year. But maybe that's what I'm asking you. Would you concede a year? Because that's maybe what you would be doing if you just went into the season somewhat blindly, hoping that everything that happened with Nick Foles last year was not really representative of Nick Foles, and then you drafted a quarterback at number 20 overall. Or if you thought that you could get your quarterback in the second round, you get that and say, you know what, this is going to be a development year, and then the next year hopefully we have our, our quarterback. I do wonder... You know, Victor got me wondering about that, if that's something that would be acceptable to Bears fans. I'd say no to that right now because I do think that the window is is slightly ajar for the Bears if they can make some serious moves to tighten up a lot of things on offense and get the right quarterback in here. 312-644-6767, the number. Let's go to Joe in River Forest. Hi, Joe. You're on the score. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, Joe. What's it's, up, man? Uh, it is nice to finally talk to the ginger-haired genius. <laughs> you have made no, no, my no. day. Well, I'm not the ginger-haired hey, genius. That, that'd that be Zach. I'm Mark, but that's cool. Get you guys confused. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, we do look a lot alike. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. <laughs> but, hey, um, Carson Wentz would be an unequivocal disaster and a complete waste of a lot of money. I agree with what Victor said. I know this might not be the most popular thing, but I really think they should just keep Mitch uh, and draft a quarterback in the first or second round and scheme it. I think he was poorly coached with the plays. When they finally gave him plays he could run, he was pretty good. I wonder what his win-loss record was. I mean, I, I don't know if the Bears are just done with him, but I, I really thought he was poorly coached. There is potential, and he's not going to cost 30 some million. And I think we should just go back to old-school Bears and just really beef up our defense, get like J.J. Watt or someone. And I don't think – has there ever been a number one defense in the Super Bowl that lost? I don't think so. That's why Tampa Bay won. And then maybe even beef up the running game and just get a serviceable quarterback. I I think Nick Foles, I saw enough of him. I wish they'd just get rid of him. And, uh, you know, just be dominant defense – smash mouth running and invest in that old line. You know, there's some holes and don't blow 30 some million on a guy who's always injured. And uh, so I take a pass on him and I agree with Victor, you know, unless you're going to go for Deshaun Watson, why bother? Get someone in the draft. And that's all Thanks. I have. Thanks Joe. I appreciate that. <laughs> I like that Joe remembered the previous caller's name, but he didn't know he was talking to Mark Grody. They thought he was talking to, to Zach Zaidman, um, the ginger hair genius. So I, I am no genius, nor am I a ginger. So, um, and, and if I had let Joe go a little bit longer, he would have said that every part of the team needs to be fixed. But, but Joe, I do definitely appreciate the phone call. And yeah, I, I think that the time has come to part ways with Mitchell Trubisky. I just think it's better. Like, I I think it's better off for both parties at this point for the bears and for 
for Mitchell Trubisky, the old the proverbial fresh start on his side, and the Bears need to move on as well. And yeah, there's no doubt the Bears coaching staffs, and I say staffs because of various assistants, they've struggled to develop and make quarterbacks look good. And you know, they it's said sometimes that oh, it took it took it took Matt Nagy forever to figure out how to get Mitchell Trubisky to be good, but really. What Matt Nagy was doing was having a little bit of faith in him and thinking that Trubisky could handle everything that would come his way. He thought that Mitchell Trubisky could work with the entire field, that he could work with RPOs, that he could work with the spread offense, that he could work with all sorts of different functions of the offense. So I guess Matt Nagy is guilty of giving Trubisky a little bit too much credit and yeah, it did take him too long to finally pare it down, but I just think it it filled him with anxiety that is Matt Nagy to do that and to settle for that. And I think that's what went down. And yeah, if you're a coach, you got you got to adjust a little bit more quickly. You have to figure out the talent of your team and you put your players in position to win. That's what any good coach will do. I am Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. That does bring up something interesting, though, about Mitchell Trubisky, because we have one more cut from Sam Munson from Pro Football Focus, who, again, was on with Bernstein and Rahimi here on the score. Let's hear what Mr. Munson had to say about Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, I think the experiment has worked its way out a couple of times with Mitchell Trubisky. Um, he was a guy that we loved coming out. We, it's, it's ironic that PFF gets talked about as hating Trubisky, but we had him as our number one quarterback for that draft. When he came out, we had him ahead of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And obviously we got that wrong along with Chicago. Um, but at this point we've, we've seen enough. It's, it's not going to happen. It's, you know, I don't, I don't see a scenario whereby Trubisky works it all out. Certainly not for Chicago as a starter going forward. So it's time to park Trubisky on the bench as a backup, whether it's here or somewhere else. Um, and try and find a different answer. You know, I think he speaks for a lot of Bears fans, too, with the tone that Sam Munson had there talking about Trubisky. It sucks, but you got to move on, you know? I think it's, I mean, he was he was one of your own. He was a Bears draft pick. He was the number two overall guy. It felt exciting. It felt fun. The whole concept, even when he came in for Mike Glennon, a few years ago when it wasn't supposed to, it was very exciting. He looked good in the preseason, all of that, but it sucks, but it's probably, it's probably over. Let's go to John in Mount Prospect. Hi, John, you're on the score. Good morning, Mark. Morning, John. Uh, I think uh, Joe was wrong about his uh, quarterback analysis. I think if you check the stats, Trubisky only does well against weak defense teams. Every time he goes up against a strong defense, it's either too baffling for him or they're just too too good or he can't re- make the right read or I don't know what it is. But I, I think his production correlates to the strength of the opposition in a negative fashion. Uh, as for Foles, he's clearly succeeded at the highest levels. I, and I haven't done it. I haven't looked at the stats extensively, but I suspect it's either – it either correlates back to his how much protection he gets, and it, I would I would think that if you look at the stats, the years that he's succeeded, he's had the lowest amount of hurries and sacks in the in the years when he's had success. 
And obviously, uh, this year was not that situation. In fact, uh, one of the guys who was on the uh, You Better You Bet, the, the lineman guy, Russ, you know, he, he said right in the middle of uh, the season, you know, we were a worst five defensive or offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, to me, we got to put resources into the offensive line. Now, toward the end of the season, they were, you know, talking about, it, you know, if you get everybody back, it might be you're, maybe you're only one or two guys away. But I think if you get a average, at least an above average left tackle, then – you're made, you know, on a high draft pick uh, lineman. I think the Bears might end up being an above-average offensive line in one year. John, thanks for the call. And to your point, I, I've been wa- I've been going through my DVR and watching some Bears games because one of the things that I wanted to figure out for myself was what happened to Nick Foles last year. And I watched the Atlanta game. That's where he comes in in the middle of the third quarter after a bad interception by Trubisky and ultimately throws the three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter. Remember, his first uh, attempt in the end zone was that interception. Remember the play where he throws to Allen Robinson and Robinson is fighting with the defender and there's like a 20-minute review for who actually had possession of the football and Robinson was still pissed even after that. So it was, although it was a pretty good pass, it was technically a shaky start to Nick Foles' tenure with the Chicago Bears. However, that now James Daniels was part of the offensive line at that time. They had not switched anything to this point, and they had been playing well with, with Cody Whitehair at center. Effetti had not moved to the outside yet. You still had Massey and Leno in the two tackle positions unharmed and uninjured and ultimately everything changed but I saw a quarterback in Nick Foles who looked poised who looked in charge who was actually able to elude a little bit of pressure I saw him getting to the outside a couple of times and making passes and leading guys and getting guys open and talking guys open it was he was terrific in that game. And then I watched the the Rams game. In that game, the change on the offensive line at that point was that you had no more James Daniels. You had Rashad Coward in, and Coward in that game had a very consequential false start at one point in time in the game. It was on a fourth and one that turned it into a fourth and six and, and a punt situation. But in that game, I, I complete, and this isn't that far down the road from Atlanta, a completely different, flustered-looking Nick Foles at quarterback who just didn't look like any hint or sign of pressure. He looked like he was overmatched. There was the a Leonard Floyd sack where Leonard Floyd just is huffing and puffing and sprints past Bobby Massey and gets to Nick Foles and brings him down. He just looked helpless all of a sudden. And then all of a sudden, everything changed with the offensive line down the road. Obviously, you had Sam Mustafer coming in and Alex Bars, Cody Whitehair sliding over to the inside or to the guard spot from a center position. And then you put Fetty on the outside and Charles Leno. And that all worked. That all worked. So I'm not saying it's all offensive line, but it had something to do with it. And I'm pretty positive that Nick Foles is not as bad as he showed towards the end of the season. 
312-644-6767 is a number. Good chance for you to get in if you would like to talk about the Bears. Who Who is your guy? What is your scenario for the Bears quarterback position? If you would like it, if you could choose it, let me know. 312-644-6767. Mark Grody with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Mark Carotti with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score I'm here until noon this morning. Mark Potash will join me at 10 o'clock. Top of the hour. That is 12 minutes from right now. Potsy of the Sun-Times will add layers to the Bears talk. A couple of Twitter things here from, from Scott Lindholm. He says, uh, at Mark Rody Sports, all these years I've been calling you Mark instead of your proper name. I apologize profusely for that. I guess your Twitter handle threw me off, <laughs> which is at Mark Rody Sports. Yeah, somebody thought I was I was Zach, the ginger-haired genius. I have no problem with that. But um, Zach and I, our names don't sound alike, and we don't necessarily look alike either. From Yeah Right on Twitter, O-line help draft free agents he puts in parentheses or she winston mariota question mark trade mac for a first round pick well let's see winston mariota that's interesting so i don't think winston i like winston better than mariota i'll tell you that but i do think winston is going to stick around in new orleans and play, and sean payton will try to make something of him assuming drew Brees does retire mark's mariota nope nope that's that's same as Mitch Trubisky. And I like he, he falls in the category, Mariota does, of you can't take a chance on Mariota. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Like he's borderline. It'd be great to have a guy like that on your roster to see maybe if you could reclaim him. But the Cubs, the Cubs. The Bears should not be in the, the reclamation business at this point. And then, you know, I don't know if you've heard my Drew Brees conspiracy theory, but Drew Brees has yet to announce his retirement. Ryan Pace loves the Saints. He loves he loves Drew Brees. Is it possible that he's whispering in his ear saying, hey, you got one year left in you, man? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to draft a guy, and you're going to be the, the kind of player coach, and you could start until you can't anymore. We'll see if we can get one more, like, really efficient year out of Drew Brees. That's just a fun little thing I like to talk about. Um, from Bears Fannin in Wisconsin. Hey, Mark, Pace gets a Wentz type. They have to win to keep their jobs. Too risky. I think he'll move up and get a rookie. He says, um, Bears fan here on Twitter, go with a Foles Fitz type. And that'd be Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then bring in what they hope will be a Herbert and show that they got it right. Pace Nagy, get new paper without having to make the playoffs. <laughs> um, that it, it, Anything is possible. But in reality, yeah, I think that Foles, Fitz, they, that Fitz Magic, those two would cancel each other out. I don't think you're going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Nick Foles on the same roster together. If you're going, if you're thinking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, you might as well go with Nick Foles because I think I do think that Foles on the overall might still be better, and he is younger. Fitz is started for eight teams, and he is 38 years old. Too many eights going on with 
Ryan Fitzpatrick, as it turns out right now. 312-644-6767. You can hit me up on Twitter like those guys did, at Mark Grody Sports, if you want to play it like that. And you could let your call go through as well, or you could uh, text it to me. Uh, from Paul Myers on Twitter, he says, if the Bears can keep their number one I'm all in on Wentz. You know what, Paul? Don't worry. The The Bears are going to be able to keep their, their number one because, well, I don't know. Unless, like, all it would take is one little sweetener from the Colts or from the Bears, I think, at this point, and something could go down this week. That That is very possible. But I just don't – I think, you know, Philadelphia has, by showing all their cards, they have, they have mishandled – what is going on with Carson Wentz in terms of maximizing their dollar for him. And maybe they don't care. Maybe deep down inside what the Philadelphia brass are thinking is, oh, it'd be awesome to get a first rounder, but really we just want to get rid of this guy. But we don't know because nobody is being um, exactly transparent at this point. An interesting day tomorrow in regards to the Bears. For the first time, we will get to hear from Sean Desai speaking as a defensive coordinator. He is scheduled to Zoom with with us, that is Bears reporters, tomorrow and take questions and, you know, get an idea of what Sean Desai is all about. It's going to be an important day just to find out what he is thinking for the defense, what improvements he feels he needs to, that needs to be made schematically. What is he going to look like? Is he is he more Vic Fangio? Is he more Chuck Pagano? Does he have his own ideas? That is Sean Desai. And then maybe even and then maybe even more importantly, what is what does Mike Pettin mean? Are you cool with Mike Pettin being part of the the eyes of the defense? So we'll get into a lot more of that tomorrow, and I'll have some opinions on that today as well. Let's go to, I believe it's is it Trevor and Koufax or Koufax and Trevor. <laughs> what do we got here? <laughs> Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hello, caller. How are you? Good. This is Trevor. Trevor, how are you, buddy? Good. Uh, just real quick, I think I would feel a lot better about Nick Foles if the line was a little stronger. So I know Orlando Brown was wanting out of the Ravens. What do you think it would take to get him? Like a first-rounder, or what do you think? Yeah, not a first-rounder. Thanks for the call, Trevor. Sorry for botching your name, but... Um... Yeah, no, I don't think you give up a, a first rounder at this point for Orlando. I like Orlando Brown. I liked him coming out of the draft. Um, but yeah, I don't think um, you're going to give up. Certainly not going to give up a first rounder for him. You could probably get something comparable if you drafted that in the first round. And you are correct about Nick Foles. Unfortunately, it is it's good to know that Nick Foles is sturdier behind an off a good offensive line because you know he wasn't as bad as he showed last year. But that's a quarterback weakness right there. That that. We found out that Foles, when working behind a bad offensive line, is just he's helpless. He's not able to make up for it with his own quote unquote athletic gifts. He doesn't have that ability. And we saw a veteran quarterback. We saw a veteran quarterback getting flustered. Even in that Los Angeles game, another thing that I I watched and I, I know that you Bears fans will remember this exactly. There he was, Nick Foles backed up in his own end zone. In that primetime game in Los Angeles, Darnell Mooney with the double move, wide open, wide open, and Nick Foles missed him by a mile. So even in that circumstance where he was just thinking about the pressure and probably not seeing the field as well because it was in his head 
that, well, I guess it's in your head for any quarterback who's backed up in his own end zone, but I think in particular in that game with the offensive line and the process of breaking down, he just didn't have the same presence of mind. But when things are right, Nick Foles can be a very good, very competent quarterback. And, and let's face it, the Bears' offensive line has to be better or has to pick up to some degree with where it left off last year. I don't know that you're going to see the – well, you're not going to see the exact same configuration this year because James Daniels will be back. Um, and I do think it's very possible Sam Muster – Mustafer? <laughs> Sam Muster. <laughs> there you go. Um Sam Mustafer will be back as the center, and Cody Whitehair has to stay at guard. And I love James Dan. Like, I think if James Daniels stays healthy, he I don't know if it's this year or the following year. I mean, I feel like he's a guy that could eventually turn into not just a pro bowler, but an all pro. Like, gets a little better every year. And, he, and he's still so young. What is he, 22? So he is what we call one to watch and then the tackles are interesting you know they're, they're we saw life without bobby massey if Fetty's not going to be there this year everybody wants to you know get rid of charles leno i think I, i've always been a little higher on charles leno than most people but it's it's very possible that they could move forward at this point without charles leno and draft a, a left tackle and maybe even another right tackle we shall see uh, but yeah, these are questions that have to be answered and everything's got to be tightened up on off. You know, the Allen Robinson question lingers and looms. Are you going to get the next big development step out of Darnell Mooney? It, are you going to get the next same step out of Komet? It surely feels like those two guys are trending in that direction. But right now, those two guys were good for rookies not necessarily good relative to the rest of the NFL. There's, there's a big difference, but they can. I think they both could take that next step next year. Let's ask these questions and more coming up next to Mark Potash. He covers the Bears for the Chicago Sun-Times. He always has a very unique, very honest perspective on the Bears. Potsy is next. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.